0: Welcome to Plateau Partners Pulse, a show about business, networking, and ideas, brought to you by the Plateau Partners, a BI chapter in the Greater Seattle Puget Sound area. I am your host, Stacy Heller of Stacey Connects, and I am joined today. We have a twofer, which sounds like a toother. Um, I am joined today by JD Winnakin and by Julia Cannell. Did I say that right? Cannell. Cannell. I don't know why I always wanna cancel. Um from Ask Airway Sciences for Kids. And um this is kind of cool. JD's like an old pro at this because he likes to talk just like me. Um <laughs> and Julia is the brains behind this here operation. So
1: Oh, there's no doubt about that.
0: <laughs> so it's it's this is going to be fun. So as per usual, we're going to start with the speed round, which By the way, fun fact for all of you avid Plateau Partners Pulse listeners, the Speed Round was developed with JD at a Red Robin. That's right. In Factoria.
1: I'd forgotten about that. Right? That's right. That was was a brainchild of ours once upon a time.
0: I came up with this concept, and I ran it past you, and we did like a mock version of it, and here we are. Here we are. So- uh, but I've changed some things up. So since I already mentioned your names and your business, uh, childhood nicknames. Julia,
2: for you, you go first. Oh, childhood nicknames? Yep. Uh, Julie. We weren't Joel or Julie. We weren't all that creative. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, my name ah. is a nickname. I'm, my full name is John David well, Kenneth, but, so JD. But when I was, uh, I really wanted my own nickname. I, I didn't like the fact that my name was already a nickname. I really wanted to be called Sparky. <laughs> But nobody would call me Sparky, so like I floated a nickname and it sank. <laughs> so wow. Anyway, Jamie. which is
2: which is ironic because I call you Sparky now.
1: That's true. You kind of do, and yes. I don't. And I don't really mm-hmm. like it when you do. Great.
2: Right? I know you, do. Because
1: <laughs> usually, because usually it's when, I, is when something is not going right, and she's like, "Hey, Sparky," <laughs> Put yourself together. <laughs> I totally, completely missed that. Complete disconnect. Yep. That's true. That's funny. Yep.
0: Interesting. Okay. um, Ask, how long has it been in business, if you will,
2: or in existence? Um, Ask has been around since 1992. So we are entering our 30th year next year. Wow.
0: What do you do for a 30th year anniversary? Like there's like tin for the
2: first year or paper or whatever it is. We're we're making that up right now. We'll do some big celebrations. We have a lot of airplane rides involved, so sheet yeah. metal.
1: Sheet metal. Well, aluminum. <laughs> yeah. But aluminum is already aluminum is already claimed by something, right? One of those anniversaries is already aluminum, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. spark plugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about ask. Now you can either tag team and, and go back and forth, or Julia, you can take this one. Who who wants to take this one?
1: I can I can tell the story, Julia, of of where it started. Uh, certainly, it it started, as Julia said, almost thirty years ago. It was the brainchild of a man named uh, Bob Strickland, who was uh, he's passed away now. He passed away a few years ago, and uh, he was he was born. He's a black man born in uh, Arkansas in 1935, in, so Jim Crow South in pretty rural Arkansas, and upon completing high school. Uh, he went into the Air Force and became an accountant uh, for the air Force and had had always enjoyed flight and, and that type of thing but didn't have the opportunities to to do that and when he left the air Force he went and worked for the state of Texas again as a as an accountant and, and was was successful enough at it that he was able to retire I believe in his 50s and he was one day with his with his son and was uh, they were building a remote control airplane and he realized that rather than sit around on doing nothing in retirement, he noticed how much his son really got interested in how the plane flew and that type of thing. And he had this idea of, wow, we could use aviation and aerospace, to, as he called it, to, to trick uh, underserved youth into learning math, science, physics, those types of things. And by then he was in the Portland area, and so he started this nonprofit, Airway Science for Kids, to do exactly that. And it started around kids would do back then when it started, kids would t- like sign a two year deal to work with the organization first to build um, remote control planes and learn all the principles of flight and that type of thing. And then it moved up eventually to one of our programs. And I'm sure we'll talk about the team flight program where over the course of a year, kids work with experts from Vans Aircraft Company to build an actual airplane from Vans Aircraft Company that they can fly. So. That was that was Bob Strickland's idea. Wow. Initially was to do that. And then he he once he f- started finding success, he really wanted to branch it out into into helping kids find li- what we call life and career pathways in aviation and aerospace. Careers of which there are hundreds in the industry. But also if they didn't get into one of those things where they would discover self-confidence, the ability, you know, for self-advocacy, sure. to to do all those things. And so that's what he really wanted to do, and he was well recognized within the Portland larger Portland community, especially in the Black community, as a a real innovator and real leader. And so Airway Science started with him, and uh, I came on board about a year ago. Uh, Julia's been on a, a longer than that, and has really been kind of taking us, uh, streamlining us back more towards that larger vision of of what I just listed. So. How did I cover that, Julia? Did I do all right? Is there anything I left out? Yes,
2: no, you, it was absolutely perfect. And and our goal really is, um, we love acronyms in aviation. So so our primary program is called ACCESS, and it's the Aerospace College and Career Exploration and Selection System. I will go a very long way for an acronym. I I, I cannot <laughs> explain. There's no doubt. Well, <laughs> that's very how true. far I will go for an acronym. But the idea being that we, like. J.D. said, "We work with historically underserved youth, so we work with with racial and ethnic groups that normally are not do not have exposure, do not have the opportunities in aviation. Um, females are grossly mis or underrepresented in in the aerospace industry. Um, students that identify as LGBTQ plus, students dealing with learning disabilities, or students living on low incomes. So normally the ones that." like I said, wouldn't wouldn't ever have exposure to these opportunities. And we talk about all the different careers in aerospace, But what sets us apart a little bit from a lot of nonprofit organizations, or a lot of STEM organizations that come in and introduce kids to something, and and they have these great programs, but there's not the next step for them, is we always want to continue to be there for our students. So if a student comes in and they learn about flying and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I want to be a pilot, that's all there is to it, then we will stay with them until we get them into that career, whether that's helping them get their their basic flight time, getting them into college, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so we just, its and like J.D. said, it's not necessarily that everybody wants to pursue a flight career, but for those that do, we'll be there to support them. And if they wanna do something else, we'll support that.
0: Well, and I, I think one of the things that's really powerful about this is um Bob Strickland, the fact that uh he was in the Air Force and did accounting. Like people forget, how many people it takes the world to go round right mm-hmm. and yeah. in within any industry you know it's like communications and marketing and technical stuff and you know the hands on things and
1: Absolutely.
0: you know the numbers and like just the whole thing so you know it's brilliant that it's within this industry and there's a whole universe in that industry,
1: well, and I would point out too, and Julie and I have talked about this. This is a this is one of the few guaranteed growth industries in the world. Aviation and aerospace is so big; it's out of this world. It's out of this world. With uh, with yes, it uh, is. it's taking flight, yeah. With with so many subcontracting companies and industries in it, that it is guaranteed growth. Mm-hmm. You know, not, and because there's multiple sectors, because aviation has obviously the commercial aviation and commercial space get take the most attention. But there's also military technology, there's satellite technology. There's everything you need to run internal systems, HR systems, um, you know, health systems for these companies that employ hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people. So this is an industry that when kids are exposed to, and this was the brilliance, I think, of Bob Strickland's idea, he understood very clearly you could introduce kids to anything and everything in aerospace and aviation. And you can't say that about every industry. You just can't. And the other thing I would add really quickly is, is I, I tell this to everybody who will listen. Those, those middle school era tests that they give you, to like gauge your interest in careers and mm-hmm. that type of thing, mm-hmm. a cr- no matter what a student's uh, background, their economic background, their ethnic identity, um, any of those things, about one out of every four middle school kids, even a little higher than that, expresses an interest at that point in some level of aviation or aerospace as a career. And yet, somewhere between there and where the aviation industry is now—ninety-four percent white male—there mm-hmm. is a clear gap in accessibility. Mm-hmm. And so, what Airway Science is looking to do is to say, because it's an expensive industry, right? Hundred thousand dollars to get your flight license for, or your pilot's license, r- roughly, and then ten thousand a year to renew it. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. that's expensive. And the opportunities don't come to a lot of kids depending on where they're from, their access to education, that type of thing. We are simply looking to facilitate, not just through our programs, but through our relationships that we make with businesses, government entities, other nonprofits, uh, mental health and emotional health professionals, to facilitate everything those kids need because they don't normally get those things. So uh, I I like to make sure we point that out because this is not a matter of interest or lack of interest. Sure. There's a gap between that middle school era and then where the industry is where kids are either not they're not getting access to resources, but they're also getting messages. Advertent or otherwise, that suggest that, like, it's just a man's industry or, or, or that type of thing. So we're trying to dispel that as well. Part of what we're doing.
0: Interesting. So, you know, we need um, a gander for every goose. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: There we go. So it's interesting being uh, an organization that started in the Portland area. Uh, there was a really strategic choice to have JD be part of a BNI and i chapter that is located in the greater Seattle area. So talk about that because, you know, of all the – B and I joints that you could have walked into. <laughs> um, why
1: this one? Why this one? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Well, and, and several reasons. Um one of them is so much, there's so much in the aerospace industry that happens in the Seattle world. And and if there's one thing we've all learned over the last, you know, two years of COVID, it's distance doesn't matter all that much because we can do everything virtually and, and that's, it's become so normal in, in aviation. It was in, it was the norm before that because people are all, can you hear my dog? growling? You now? Totally. You can hear your yeah. dog. That's hysterical. Yeah, he's, he's, he's adding his two cents on the whole topic. Um, <laughs> So so part of the part of the purpose is that we have Boeing, that we have the commercial space up in the Seattle area. Um, The other part of it is J.D. and I have worked together previously, and we have great connections in that area. And that's really what this is about. So for 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 what I like to call normal businesses and non businesses that are not nonprofits, networking is such a key part of what everybody does. For nonprofits, it's the connection part of it as much as anything. So I, I said to JD earlier, you know, it's not that if somebody wants to give us money, we're not going to take their money. I mean, we're we're absolutely willing to do that for people. We're, we're team players that way. But we also want to make those connections. So with the connections JD had in that area, with the businesses in that area, and the incredible success he'd experienced with Plateau Partners in BNI, it it just made sense to continue that relationship. And part of our goal is to is to increase the reach of of our organization into the Pacific, into more of the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. And
0: and in theory, your answer really um, addressed both what you appreciate about being a member of BNI and why our chapter.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much so. Anything
0: you want to add to that?
1: Well, what I would add is, is just to kind of Add more to um, what Julia is saying. the The relationships that I'd already that I'd already established when I was in a previous position there uh, really mattered. And the the thing about about networking and particularly for nonprofits is you don't know who people are connected to until you ask who they're connected to mm-hmm. and put those things out there. and you know, we were kind of playing with house money when I came on board. We had we had a program we were building and making robust in in the Portland area, and then it was like, well, we we know everything we need to do. We're steadily learning what to do, what works, and what doesn't. And then we can take the best of what what's there and ask for it here, both to build it here and then to to support what we're doing in Portland. And it's worked it's worked well both directions. Um, and so the the positives uh, of staying with that chapter. They've really played. They've really paid off. I mean, it's it's been uh, it's paid dividends for us in a number of ways. I mean, the relationships that that we've established uh, through the chapter have been really important for several areas of our growth. I think.
0: Oh yeah, it's been fascinating seeing, you know, who people know. You know, you'll ask for very specific things, and I do. you know, people are like, "Oh yeah, I totally know somebody that does that." Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm totally choking and dying. It's all good. <laughs> It's fine, <clears throat> <Right. laughs> Whatever. So the words like no and trust are commonly associated with B and I. So what are three words that are associated with ask and besides airway and science and kids um, <laughs> that are associated either with the organization or with either of you? I'm willing to be
2: fun and flex.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Julia.
2: Um, well, with my dog it could would be angry um but that's we're not talking about him right now so can you hear him growling in the background um i i would say innovative unique and inspiring we Ooh, we don't that. run our nonprofit like a normal nonprofit we run like a business um i spent the greater part of my career working for um large retailers and as a a manager. And so my business, I I run this as more of a business because just because you're called a nonprofit doesn't mean you can't make money. It just means you have to do it a certain way. Um, But the more money we make, the more children we can serve. So that's, that's the innovative, the unique part of it is there aren't a lot of organizations that just choose to talk about aerospace. Um, So, so that makes us a little unique and inspiring. Because you hear the stories, it, I don't think it's us that are inspiring, it's the people that we work with. The current <laughs> president of our board of directors is an amazing gentleman, um, John L. Bell, who actually went through our program as a teenager. Oh, wow. And it meant so much to him and to his life. He did not end up in aviation, but he, he uh, Mr. Strickland was one of his mentors. And John L. gives back by by being the president of the board. We have another woman on our board who is currently the first uh, female black elementary school principal in the Park Rose School District in the Portland area. And she also went through the program um, when she was in, in middle school. Wow. So the, the inspiration are, are the students that come back and say, you know, it was because of this program that we have a young lady that's currently a Black Hawk pilot. We have several students that are Embry Riddle studying to move on. Uh, JD mentioned Vans Aircraft. We have at least three alumni of our program that have gone on to work at Vans Aircraft.
3: Mm-hmm. So, so cool. it's
2: you—you you really get to see the impact that it has on their lives. That's amazing. So I'm going to add another I
0: word then: impactful.
1: Oh yeah. Thank you.
0: All yes. right. Thank
1: you. Yeah, we'll take that one.
0: What about you? Yeah. What are What do you think?
1: Well, th- those are probably the official ones. Um, let's see. What would I add? that associated um dynamic uh we as an organization are willing to uh to try new things she mentioned in innovative dynamic uh cooperative we have a whole team that makes this happen and we're very we're very strategic in how we build the team um and we're also very inclusive we really look to bring together people of all backgrounds all talents um, all identities, however you want to describe it, uh, to pull this together. And the sum of our parts together are amazing. Compared, Everybody's got a number of individual talents. Uh, Julia has hired very talented people to work with Airway Science for Kids. But it's what comes out of the cooperation, the working together, and that all the things she mentioned, the innovation. We've come up with some really unique programs and some really unique solutions to some complex problems. And it's um, it's something that we're looking as we expand it up this way as well as uh, bigger plans than that the people are beginning to notice as we're doing things we're doing things differently and it works it works because we're we're not just serving more kids than we did even just two years ago exponentially more but we're making more money bringing more in and we're able to use that on more resources both for our students and then of course for our staff our staff development which is all geared towards helping our kids
0: it seems like um ask has really taken the spirit of the Wright brothers. And I know technically there's other people that have done it blah, 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 and the history of flight and all of that, but it's the whole spirit of like, gosh, darn it. We're going to see if we can get this thing to fly. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there is a, with, with aviation and space exploration and whatever, there's so much like MacGyver <laughs> attitude to it. Right. You know, some yeah. spit and foil and gum and we're yeah. going to space, baby. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ask, so has that spirit. And that's a really cool thing. And people don't teach that enough. And so to give that to kids is so powerful. Just that, like, not the sparky. Right. <laughs> it's not that. So much as it is, like, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Can't help you. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it. <laughs> it it's scrappy scrappy yes
1: there is yeah. that there is that yeah it's 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 julie it's like what we always talk about with um failure right yes you know um th- no innovation has ever happened in aviation or aerospace without a lot of failure in front of it you have to test stuff you have to try stuff things have it's to not called work. An experiment exactly and okay. and one of the one of the great things about bob strickland's approach that we've we've striven to emulate and build upon is that he wanted kids to understand that that not only is okay, it's actually a necessity. If you want to get anywhere, you have to try stuff and have it not work to mm-hmm. figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's vital. All
0: right. Well, the speed round is not so speedy so well, far, I don't know. but um, yeah. but we're getting a lot of good stuff here. So, uh, what is something that maybe people don't know either about the organization or about the two of you? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh boy,
1: I'm frightened of this one. I'm gonna let Julia go first since she's the boss.
2: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what people probably don't know about JD is he has a strange obsession with airplane crashes like those Mayday <laughs> air crash series. He's oh, yeah. never missed one, like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay.
1: You didn't know that, did you? No, yeah. I, you name it, you name an airplane crash, I can tell you when it was, what happened, yeah. and what like the, the plane that report disappeared. Was. Yeah. Over right oh, yeah. MH, whatever. MH370, I'll tell you everything about it. I read about them. I, I actually, when I was 17, as a senior in high school in Southern California, I took some of my own money and paid for a weekend community college intro course from the National Transportation Safety Board that I actually forged my own signature to <laughs> because I think my parents were out of town. And I went to, to learn what it would be like to become an aircraft accident investigator. And it was pretty intense. It kind of drove me out of the room at 17 because they, you know, it's pretty scary stuff and they they make really clear what it entails, you know, very graphic, vivid pictures. But I have, um, yeah, I've always been very interested in them. And I actually pitched an idea to Julia years ago that there needed to be a failure of flight museum somewhere. But it would be really depressing to go to.
0: (laughs) Right. But the day the music died? Right. Right. I mean, Uh okay.
1: Yeah, Newt Rockney. Yeah. Um, you know, the, yes. the importance of Newt Rockne. Yep. I mean, he died in, was it a, was it a tri-motor that Newt Rockne it died was a in? Yes. And Julia always yep. tells the story that that led the way to the invention of the DC-3. One of the most important, if not the most important airplanes ever built. Fascinating. Yep.
0: Okay. I see a podcast.
1: Now, what I'll, what I'll <laughs> say about Julia, what I'll say about Julia that most people don't know, and I, this is always one of my biggest brags on her. She was a foster parent for a number of years and was a foster parent to over one hundred kids earlier in her life. Wow, one hundred! And then she adopted three of them.
2: Wow, which then I, I was—I was twenty-five at the time. I just didn't know any better, so <laughs> <it> just... <laughs> uh, that's underselling. I mean, I literally, you can do anything at twenty-five. So, I, yeah, so I, I, yeah,
0: Wow, yes. good for you. That's amazing. Thank you. She doesn't
1: and, she doesn't share that, and so I always like to share it.
0: Well, I mean, then that's incredible. And your kids must feel then that much more special that you picked them. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, like that's that's huge. So if they ever give you a hard time, remind them <laughs> I picked you. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a lot of people to choose from and I picked you. <laughs> You um, best, exactly yes. <laughs> uh what would you say is the top most frequently asked question that you get
2: about to explain what we you do what well just i mean it's just yeah people don't under, no they don't understand they have no idea what
1: it's that basic question when, you do what when, yeah that's you question. do what
2: yeah okay Yeah, well because because our standard is we get kids into aerospace and and that just doesn't make a lot of sense and then the next question is always why my aerospace well and it just seems so easy i mean it's like yeah. it can't be that
0: easy like yeah of an yeah. answer
1: that's straightforward mm-hmm.
0: okay yep uh now for the favorite question well it's my favorite question i don't know if it if it's anyone else's <laughs> but you each get to share your favorite curse word so uh ladies
2: first yeah yeah oh f- great yeah, Love it. just hands down no two is about it that, okay there it is mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i agree
0: Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. on that note, we're going to take a quick break before we go into further depth with Ask and JD and Julia. And uh, remember that as we take this break, keep in mind that our show is sponsored by other members of Plateau Partners. They're people that we like, know, and trust. And so we happily refer them and support them. So we'll be right back with Plateau Partners Pulse.
3: Are you suffering from OIS or over it syndrome? OIS commonly affects parents, spouses, executives, and employees alike. Hubbard Health Solutions can reduce symptoms of OIS, such as stress, pain, unease, lethargy, and a general desire to escape. Ariel Hubbard, licensed massage therapist, customizes a treatment plan that addresses these symptoms and will transform you and your body so you feel human again. Contact Ariel by texting 971 319-2618 or go to arielhubbard.com to learn more about Hubbard Health Solutions. That's Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, Hubbard with an A dot com.
2: Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150.
0: Welcome back to the show, Plateau Partners Pulse. I am Stacey Heller, your host. I am back with Julia and JD. I don't know. That was just like The cool, J's. Right? <laughs> uh, okay. So I certainly want to get into the specifics and the programs that ASK has. You mentioned ACCESS um, and other acronyms. Um, however, Julia, how did you get into this?
1: oh <laughs> short short version <laughs> version
2: um my my dad was a pilot and my dad had um very short version had grown up in in really challenging circumstances and when he was 21 someone took him for a ride in their family cessna and my dad ended up pursuing a career flying and spent 30 years as a pilot for northwest airlines um most of it as a captain on 747s and absolutely loved what he did. So I learned to fly when I was 16. Um, I didn't want to, he wanted me to, and I've never won an argument with my father. So I learned how to fly and fell in love with it at that point. So I went to college. It's what I studied in college. And then I ended up with those children I, I spoke of earlier. <laughs> um, and so I spent 25 years as a mom. And 10 years ago, when, when the baby left for college, I decided I would go back to... To doing something with aviation, so I started working in the Museum of Flight, um, and I was stunned to learn that when I was in college in the 80s, three percent of commercial pilots were females, and um, as of now, it's still six percent. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the first we we talk we still talk about the you know all female crew that like it's this big thing. The first time that ever happened was 1986. Wow. And yet in 2021, we're still getting really excited because we have an all-female crew. And so I just became really committed to doing this work again. And so I went back to college and got my master's degree. And I went back and got an MBA in aviation and just really started looking at how do we make more of an impact on getting underserved youth into this field. You don't do anything halfway, do you? No, I try not to. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, She does like
0: a hundred percent, a hundred kids, a hundred percent. That's
1: right. She does not. She does wow. not. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've said several times, it's almost like, I mean, she was doing all that before she was in this job and it's almost, yeah, I mean, to me, it's very clear. She did all of that so that she could do this kind of work. So it's um, the work that she's done academically around these questions has her in a spot where she won't ever claim this, but I'll say it. Um, she's one of the leading experts on how to do this anywhere, on how to bring more people to bring more uh, more diversity into the industry. And the challenge isn't the is the isn't the lack of ideas or know how. It's getting the buy in and showing that this can be done. Uh, because more avia- more and more aviation and aerospace companies are are saying that they understand that the need to diversify their workforces is going to not only going to benefit larger society, but it's going to increase their profit margin. But as Julia pointed out, it's still a slow process, mm-hmm. right? The, it, you know, And so it's so interesting that she ended up in a position with all the know-how that she's got and all the experience that she's not just a leader in what Ask is doing, but the larger questions that Ask is trying to address. She happens to be the one who probably knows the most about how to do it. It's just getting more attention brought in.
0: Right. I mean, like, do you have uh, a relationship with, like, Alaska Airlines, for instance?
2: We, with Ask, we actually have chosen to work with, um, our, our early focus is on working with uh, business aviation. So okay. every company, so like, I just had a call from a friend that said, oh, I met the head of Netflix business aviation. Do you want to talk to him?
1: <laughs> yes, well,
2: yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, are early on, we really want to work with the smaller with business aviation because it's a little bit easier to do what JD was talking about, which is going and demonstrate changing the culture of the organization, but also developing those relationships with students at a younger age. We do work with some of the airlines, and and all of the airlines know that they've got a huge issue with staffing shortages, mm-hmm. right? With, you know, the fa- especially for mechanics and pilots. There's there's a giant issue coming and yet they still haven't quite figured out i i always say if 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 we only have six percent of pilots are female and we need more of them and women make up 51 percent of the population i think maybe we could solve the problem by recruiting more women mm-hmm. i mean i'm just saying that you know there's 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 i'll mm-hmm. take on world hunger next but i'm thinking we could solve this one that way but mm-hmm. it's getting them to actually make those changes and changing the culture of the organizations which especially for flight crews really tends to be um Still a little, yeah, what's, what's a nice yeah. word, j d
1: A little skewed, yeah, little skewed, you know, a little yes. skewed, yeah, and yeah. and I think the other side, and this this kind of harkens back to some of the the words we associate, you know the innovation. this was a strategic choice to work with uh, in this case, the National Business Aviation Association, which is the national association of any anybody who's flying for businesses. Mm-hmm. So the companies themselves will be a part of this, their aviation wing. So Nike, who is one of our partners, their aviation side is a part of this. Um, the, the, the cool thing about it to, to put in front of kids that are interested in becoming pilots or working in that industry is if you're a pilot and you fly in business aviation, it's, it's different. The glamour is all in commercial aviation, right? That's when kids are thinking about flying. They tend to think about that. My nephew's in college right now for aviation. He's thinking commercial aviation. And I just kind of said to him, what I say to a lot of our kids is like, look, you can go fly the you know top line jetliners, and they're they're souped up, they're beautiful, they're cutting edge technology. They're also a giant flying bus. I, and
0: I was going to ask the question: You can are you really flying? Not to take anything away from these pilots, because
1: you're, you're transporting, you're transporting. But yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it
0: feels like autopilot
1: there is a lot of that now you know so I, what i put to my nephew was and he's thinking about it i got to give i got to give him credit he's thinking about it i put posited to him like you can fly a bus and it's a nice bus or you can chauffeur a guy around in a ferrari what would you rather do and the thing with business flying is you can fly anywhere you can and pilots love to fly different places you can fly to more places smaller airports um, you can fly multiple different types of planes and that type of thing and the need is there and the other start of the strategic side of this is what better way can we do as an organization to get these big companies, like she just mentioned, Nike and others, to see, look, this is how you diversify your workforce, just on one side of it. You know. Right. And those companies, as we've seen over the last few years around everything from COVID to uh, gay marriage rights, that type of thing, companies have a big say now in these larger questions. And when they get behind stuff, things happen. So part of so this was a strategic choice on our part because the airlines have their own stuff, and the airlines tend to be difficult to reach, mm-hmm. much more so than it was as it turned out in business aviation. Is that all fair to say, Julia? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it is. It's and and there's so many again so many careers. The other nice thing about business aviation is their schedules tend to be a little more normal because mm-hmm. part of the purpose of having your own jet is you can fly your executive to you know. Minnesota for a meeting and fly back the same day and because you're not going through TSA or driving to the airport or doing all of these things, it's it saves so much time. And so it really from the lifestyle of the flight crews, it's just a better option that way too.
0: Oh, yeah, I know somebody that was uh, a test pilot for Boeing for years, and he would go to like, Guam, to like, test (laughs) the plane in like heat, then he'd go to like, you know, the Arctic circle to test Mm -hmm. the plane in cold. And now he's moved away from that and he's a private pilot. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, Hey, sorry, babe. I don't know when my boss is going to want to leave Hawaii. So (laughs) I'm just hanging here (laughs) waiting on, I'm, I'm on call. So Uh, I'll just be having a rum punch. But I mean, he can't because obviously
1: his, his Uh, boss mm -hmm. can
0: say like, we're out of here. um, but, you know, I don't know, like having a virgin rum punch doesn't stink.
1: No. No, the schedule is <laughs> much better. And, and, when, and when we focus, we, you know, we say intentionally life pathways and career pathways. Mm-hmm. Part of the process with Access and some of our other larger programs is the, if we call it a career tree. You know, it, uh, students can take a look at the branches that are all the different aviation careers. And then if they choose one, they say, I'm interested in this one or these two or whatever. We can then show them the way from the roots all the way up the trunk to the branches how to get there. and um, But it includes things like what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to be traveling around a lot? Do you want to live in an urban area? Mm-hmm. Do you want to have a family, you know, which requires more of your attention? Do you want? How do you want to do this? Questions that they may not often get asked, frankly, that not a lot of kids anywhere get asked, right? No. It's, it's all about getting into the job. We're asking questions early on about how they want their life to look. Quality and then, of life. Exactly. And then showing them how to advocate for that and structure their approach to everything to do that. And what is so fun to watch is to see these students recognize that this is what's happening. Isn't that the greatest thing, Julia? To watch, to see, to see a kid come in going, okay, yeah, I'm interested in airplanes. And then when they suddenly realize that this is so much more than that. To see that look, that is, that's the money for us.
2: That's amazing. It is. One of of the things that we do is um, there's the opportunity to take students for their first flight. So there's an organization called the Experimental Aircraft Association, and they do first flights for students and they do them all over. Um, And so they do first flights for students under the age of 18. And and you'll get these kids that are, you know, middle school students, so they can't act like they're too excited about anything or that, whatever, you know, <laughs> right. I'll go and do this. They get in the plane that way. They get out of the plane and it's it's a whole different student. And you're just like, and that's the moment mm-hmm. in which we got you.
1: So, uh-huh. yep.
2: it's yeah. It's the William Shatner moment.
1: Yeah, William Shatner moment. Yes. 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 Like, yeah.
0: it will never, I, it will never be the yeah. same.
1: Yeah, I never want to recover from this. Yeah. And that's in and that's what he said you know the other day when he came back from space and and that that's exactly it, and um, it's introducing kids to that because it's that internal shift, right Bob Strickland's idea was you create those internal shifts by giving them different externals to explore, okay. and that's what leads to that that connection and that change and uh, yeah,
0: so let's talk about some of the programs that you have because. Um, there's the programs that have a longer commitment. There's camps. What's the age demographic? Um, you know, when is this starting? How old are the youngest kids that are
2: participating? We we do a few programs with younger elementary school kids, but our real we really start in fifth grade. Okay. Um, and so we we actually work in several Portland public schools and provide their fifth grade science curriculum because in Portland public schools the teachers it's optional whether or not they choose to teach science um mm-hmm. yeah go ahead and let that one sink so, in a
1: whole and conversation. so
2: wow wow yeah okay yeah. yes and and so we actually we teach their um we teach those courses and and within a month or so we'll have all that information available online so people anywhere will be able to go and do that in middle school we have after school programs we have the different you know like Uh, different robotics programs and some of those things that we do, and then we do different camps and things like that. The idea being we just try and expose students to all of the different opportunities in all of the different areas. So whether that's drones or robotics or, you know, commercial space travel or learning about the solar system. And then the program, the access program really starts at about 14 and it goes clear through college. And so with that program, students come in, they study they, you know they learn a little bit about these different topics and then we just continue to engage with them. So we use things like Kerbal space program um, to teach our students, which is JD, do you want to explain what Kerbal is?
1: Yeah Kerbal's a video game, believe it or not, but it's it's not your it's not like a call of duty video game. it's uh, it's a very intensive uh, science-based video game where um, the players get to design their own aircraft spacecraft for specific missions and then plot the missions even things as ambitious as going to the moon going to mars and yeah they learn how to build all this and they go through like we were mentioning earlier failure right, right? so they have to test things out and and see and it's all built around the real science of of avi- of aerospace and aviation technologies around all of it and it's updated constantly for new material and new stuff like that so kids can Siculation. plan these things right. And the thing is, it's heavy investment. So if a kid spends a lot of time building a building a, a spacecraft that they want to send to the moon and something goes wrong, they have to start over again. <laughs> it's it's you know, they have to try it again so they can go for a while and and have it not work. And it's meant to not only engage and 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 teach kids how to do this, but to really internalize the effort that it takes, the concentration, the patience, the recognition of failure is going to happen, and then the need to get up and start again because the mission, what you're trying to do, is the most important thing.
0: This is a new thing that I'm completely obsessed with. And um, this whole idea, you know, with my kids now launching into life and whatever, and I keep talking to them about this idea that you know, life, anything that you do that's worth doing, it's like what scientists do as experiments, right? And you have a hypothesis and you're like, hey, (laughs) this might be interesting. And you try it out and it fails miserably. And so then you change a variable Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you keep going back. And then you're like, actually, this just isn't going to work. So now for a different outcome, I'm going to try something different. And it's, it's, you know, so many of us are focused on the the outcome, the successful part, and we forget the process to get there. And mm-hmm. so the fact that this game is yeah. teaching the kids that that isn't a failure, that's a successful experiment. You learned that that won't work.
1: Right. right.
0: Like somebody has to figure out that the plane isn't going to work because before you before
1: you put people before in
0: you it. put people in it. Yeah. Like that's a successful experiment.
1: And I think, and Julia, it's a good teamwork game too, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 is. It, it shows that everything in aviation is done in teams. Aviation and aerospace, everything's done in teams. You could have somebody who comes up with the initial idea for a moon lander, but it's going to take a lot of people to develop it and to, to try it out. And there's always, so there's, everything is in that. It's learning how to communicate, learning effective teamwork, um, learn you know learning to say you're wrong. Okay, that, my idea didn't work. That one did work you know, to to look at the larger picture, all these life lessons that no matter where you are, whether you're a kid, an adult, a parent, you want people to learn. And that's, and Kerbal does that. And so we have, and we have a really good relationship with them, a very, uh, very special, unique relationship with them that they've given us um, a lot of leeway to use the games. Is that that, uh, fair to say? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, they've been wonderful and they donate a lot of the, they call them keys, but the um, I still keep asking where the, you know, where the DVD is or the CD for it. And <laughs> then my children look at me and roll their eyes. Um, turns out that doesn't, that's not a thing anymore. But they they donate those to us and we're allowed to use to use both the likeness of the characters from the program, and it's very well known. So we attract a lot of students that way because they're like, oh, we just get to play a video game. And it's it's a very high-level video game. So, right. That's again, so It's kind of cool. tricking them into, yeah, kind tricking of tricking, into them, marketing, marketing, tricking so. them into work. Yeah. Well, I mean, which is going back to the
0: heart of what Bob Strickland was doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some of the other yeah. unique things that, that I know that you've done, you know, um, J.D., you bring your love of aviation and, you know, your work with that, but also the historical context of things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you were able to go to Normandy. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, that was something that uh, you made happen with Twitch and with Ask and Mm -hmm. giving the context and the interviews and those kinds of things. That's really powerful. Um, You know, it's you really are innovative in terms of all the different things that you're touching with the programs and the history and the video games. It's like, you know what, we're going to try it. Why not?
1: Why not? Yeah, and, and one of the yeah. things that that COVID COVID kind of hit us a little bit hard on, and and we're trying to 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 do more as it hopefully moves away. Moves away. Uh, Julia was doing a lot of virtual field trips. Uh, you know, taking people to taking you know Twitch streamers down to where was it in Arizona you guys went? The FEMA. Uh, oh, yeah, we to, went to the. Um,
2: oh, what was the Space Fest?
1: Yeah, Space we went Fest. To Space Fest. Space Fest. With all family. of the
2: Apollo era.
1: Yeah, all the Apollo Air astronauts and got to got some of the Apollo astronauts to play Kerbal with us.
2: (gasps) That's cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next field trip suggestion. I just (laughs) got back from New York and stayed at the TWA
2: Hotel.
1: Oh, man. You have no idea how big of a deal this is with Julia, TWA. Yeah. Because yes. of guess who started yes. it? Do you know who started it?
0: Um the two names, there's the Hughes wing and Howard then Hughes. there is the wing of like Eero like the, the designer of the
2: space, like the actual architecture.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know that person. Yeah. But.
2: Yeah. Well TWA, I like TWA because they're the ones that actually had the they were the first ones to fly the dc3 so they're the reason that the greatest airplane ever built was built was because of twa so and i love howard hughes so there it is
0: well yeah. i will tell you that like one of the bars that they have there besides the sunken lounge and all of these different things they have a little plane connie it's a connie a connie
2: oh stop it
1: Constellation. And, okay
0: yeah. and you know they have the cockpit and all that stuff there so that you can see kind of what it looked like and then in the back there's a bar and there's all these little seats that you can sit in and the whole thing so oh, yeah. i think that that's a field trip to talk about because I mean. they've really brought a <laughs> yes. lot of the historical elements they have all of the the outfits that people wore the pilot and you know the, mm-hmm. the i don't what do we call them flight attendants
1: mm-hmm.
0: um uh-huh. you know and just talking about the whole history of it and again it's the commercial piece um however it's a whole thing
1: right it is, yeah. it is. It, and the history side is pretty important too julia yeah for us oh,
2: absolutely for for a number of reasons i mean one of the things we really try to do are make sure that we're pointing out the stories of of individuals that come from similar backgrounds to the students that we work with whether that's you know whether it's women that broke the you know jackie cochran who was the first woman to break the speed of sound and was absolutely amazing. We really try to tell those stories. We we talk about as many as we can and, and there aren't a whole lot of stories about, you know, you've got the Tuskegee Airmen and then you've got a very large gap mm-hmm. in time before African-Americans were allowed to fly in the military again. And so, but we do really tell all of those stories. And the history of commercial aviation is, it's fascinating because they did so many things and all of it was, oh yeah, we're just going to go, try this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a famous story about, and I promise it'll be the last time I mentioned the DC-3, but one of the things they needed to do was fly with one engine on. And they said, how are we going to test that? And the head of uh, Donald Douglas said, we're going to build a plane and try it. <laughs> they didn't have computers. This is 1934. They were going to yeah. build an airplane and see if it would take off and not kill them when they flew on <laughs> one engine. I mean, yeah. they just...
0: Like, who's the person that, like, that's the person that tries out the roller coaster the first time?
1: It's a special breed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It really is. So, where does, where does Ask get its funding from?
2: We get our funding from both, um, Private donors and corporations, and then also through different contracts. So, we contract with the Oregon Department of Education. We actually, when COVID began, we started contracting with the Oregon Health Authority um, to get information out to the families that we worked with, and they supported the work that we were doing. So, we would just do what we did. We would continue to work with students, but then we'd provide. Covid information with that, and so our funding comes from a, a number of different places. And then some of the programs, like the one program that that JD mentioned, Teen Flight, where the students go in and they build the plane. We actually they build the plane, and then we sell it, and then we buy the next kit to build the next airplane. So our funding comes from a number of different locations. My goal really is to get us to the point where we are we're sustainable through our corporate partnerships. So we're not grant writing and fundraising and doing those things in the traditional way but that we're really working in partnership um to fund the programming. That's amazing. And
0: I know you have an annual auction now?
1: Uh we, yeah. We do. Yeah, we do an annual fundraiser every we have an year. an annual fundraiser. Yeah, in the fund. yeah. yeah, which
0: is amazing. And um I'm going to I'm going to let you plug it a few times. Share your website, how people can find information. We still have A few more minutes to talk but I want to make sure we take the time to do that
2: yes and and so on all social media we're airway science and for the website it's airsci.org so a-i-r-s-c-i.org okay and you can contact us that way um there's there's a contact form on the website you can sign up for our newsletter to keep up with what we're doing and then we have a bunch of activities that you can do just online Mm
0: -hmm. interesting okay Let's take a really, really quick break because we only have like five minutes left. Um, So I want to make sure that we touch on everything. So keep listening. Uh, This is Plateau Partners Pulse with Airway Science for Kids, JD and Julia, we'll be right back.
1: Do your competitors pop up in Google searches before you? Have your leads run dry? Fingerprint Marketing helps your business get found and stand out online, not as just another choice, but the choice.
2: With custom website designs, done-for-you marketing, and search engine optimization,
1: that gets you to page one of Google. Fingerprint Marketing is a one-stop solution for nonstop business. Book a complimentary discovery call with P.L. Larson at FingerprintMarketing.com.
2: Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com.
0: Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. We are back with Airway Science for Kids and Julia and JD. And before the break, uh, we were talking about funding and where it comes from and how you can support um, Ask with Treasure, as they say, but then there's also time and talent. I would imagine.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, as Julia said at the top of this, um, we're always willing to take people's you know contributions. Always, but it's 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 connections. It's that time and talent is also big for any nonprofit, and that's big for us as well. So there are volunteer opportunities, um, and we can get pretty innovative with them. You know, um, even for people that are up here in the Seattle area, outside the Portland area, there are options. We're always looking for know how. We're always looking for Experts in the field, some way, shape, or form that that we can interview and do short recordings, so we can put those in front of our students. You know, if it's a engine mechanic, we can do a short interview with them and have them talk about that. Mentorship, we always are looking for people in the field who'd be willing to work one-on-one with a kid or or give them advice on what they did or what they should do. Um, and then we're also getting, we're getting, we're creating some fun things, some fun opportunities. One of the things we're doing with our, going to be doing with our access students, is we've we've learned from a lot of our connections that that a lot of colleges and universities will teach people about, teach students about the technology of aviation, but not the business of aviation. And so we received from a number of quarters some advice or some, a plea in some cases, please teach the business of aviation as well. And so we hatched this idea that we're developing right now to have our students develop their own airline from scratch. Everything from its name, its logo and colors and its marketing, its website, the types of aircraft it's going to order. Oh my gosh! Can I play? How it's going to <laughs> how it's going to how it's going to train its pilots? Where they, where are they going to go? So their route maps. Um, how who are they going to compete against? How are they going to protect themselves from hostile takeovers? All of that. And so we're putting together a, a small board of directors, quote unquote. Um, in fact, some BNI people have already volunteered to do this.
0: I'm now throwing my
1: hat. In. <laughs> You're throwing your hat in to to be the person, like Shark Tank style where kids can bring certain portions of what they're doing and answer questions and, and that type of thing uh, because that will teach them the business, not just of aviation, but the business of business. So it's again, oh all fitting with those things. We're really excited about it. Um, so that's something that's in development um, and we need, volu- we would need volunteers, anybody who's interested, for example, in any component of that, who's a website developer, a marketing whiz, we would love to know who they are and connect with them. we would consider that volunteer time.
0: That's amazing. I yeah. love that. and this seems to be a particular industry where people that are in it have a passion to share it with others, and so they it's an amazing opportunity to to do that with these the the time and talent piece. So I want to make sure that I have enough time to let you once again share how people can find you, connect with you, um, volunteer with you, donate.
1: Airside.org, airsci.org, a i r s c i.org. That's our website. There are links there to everything from donations to volunteers to activities, uh, upcoming events. That is the place to go. You can also um, email directly at info at airwayscience.org uh, to get more specific questions answered. And that goes right to the top, right to Julia.
0: Woohoo. Thank you, Julia, for being a guest. Thank you, JD. Oh, thank you so amazing and remember folks if you want to learn more about plateau partners you can text b n i pp info to 55678 you can find us on facebook or instagram at b n i plateau partners thank you to you both for being on this episode of plateau partners pulse thanks thank you stacy